from ghetto to ghetto, the backyard, the yard, I sell it with What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuning here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. Your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. Again, that is 1-800-707-9760 if you know what you want to talk about. Like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can go ahead and parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to uh, reach out to me, uh, follow me or send me a message. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live, you can always go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments and I'll respond to those in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. Barley? Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, let's end the week strong. It is Friday. Y'all know I love Fridays. Uh, so we have a lot going on. Um, of course, it'll be heavy uh, college football and NFL football. Um, there are some other things going on um, in the sports world. You know, baseball, um, we're coming down to the last few games. Everybody knows we're on Judge Watch. Uh, there's a big series this weekend, though, between the Braves and the Mets. Um, this one's pretty much it. I feel like the Braves, you know, they're going to have to, if the Mets take two out of three or, you know, that's pretty much going to be a wrap for that race. I mean, I believe that the Mets are going to have to, I mean, excuse me, the Braves are going to have to really come in and, and lay the hammer to them and probably sweep them. But I, you know, a lot of people feel Braves are now the best team in baseball, the way they're playing, you know, um, but we're almost to October. You know, we're getting to that stretch where it's going to be some postseason uh, baseball going on. Uh, also, you know, Joe, let me know. Yes, you do have NBA preseason that is tipping off. Uh, you know, I think the Warriors are somewhere overseas, over somewhere out of town. But I know Clay didn't make they the trip this morning. Yeah, this morning was it China, or Japan, or one of the two? I think it's somewhere because I know Clay didn't make the trip. But you got preseason. We've been talking basketball here and there. It's more like the storylines to me that's coming out more than just who's what and what. I mean, you know, you have the basketball season, 82 games. I mean, preseason is what it is. You know, you pretty much know, uh, kind of predicting on who's going to really be the contenders when it comes down to it. Um, so you have that going on. Also, um, Speaking of that, uh, transitioning, uh, college. Yes, we do have quite a bit of college uh, to get to, and uh, we'll kind of start there after we touch on last night's game. Uh, but, you know, we've got some college. We've got uh, UTSA birds up. You know, they're playing actually today. Um, they're, you know, they, they kick off at 630. They got Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, they're going to be, you know, this is the first conference USA game. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, which we'll get to it here shortly, uh, there's some things that stand out to me about both these teams stat-wise. Uh, but, you know, Middle Tennessee, you know, they're coming off of an upset over Miami. 
And if you go look at the trend of this year in college, these upsets that we've had early on uh, in these first few weeks of college, uh, they really followed that. But that team that did the upset, they've really gotten beat the next week after that. Uh, so, you know, I think UTSA is catching them at a good time. I think Middle Tennessee is in a tough spot. Uh, you know, I know UTSA is favored by four and a half at mo most places. But um, when we'll, we'll get back to that game because there are some similar stats that I'm interested in with that match. But you got some other games tonight we'll get to, uh, you know, of course, Texas, West Virginia. We'll talk about that. This weekend's college slate is like, eh, it's okay. There's a couple of them sprinkled in there. You know, the big one to me, of course, is uh, down in Waco with Baylor. It's, you know, it's a Big 12 rematch. You know, y'all don't – I mean, y'all that follow college football, I know y'all can't forget that Big 12. Remember, that game came down to, like, the last seconds of a pylon play, running play for Baylor to hold on and make a stand. And, you know, of course, Oklahoma State, you know, they've got players that they've used it all this week for motivation, but they get it on tomorrow. So we'll get into that matchup here shortly. And, of course, we've got an NFL Sunday card uh, that's packed with some interesting pivotal games that we're going to get to as well. The Dallas Cowboys have their back-to-back -back NFC East opponents. You know, they played the Giants on Monday night. They get the Washington Commanders coming in uh, to town off a dismal, dismal performance last week by the commanders and if i'm not mistaken i think i've seen this right but you know the commanders and this is a tough time for this because their line they've really got offensive line issues as well too uh, i think they gave up nine sacks last week to philly and we kind of know what this dallas front line has been like so far some people think it's one of the best uh, front lines in football. So they've been getting after it. So this is bad timing. Sorry, Mr. Glenn. Um, in regards to your Washington Commanders, it's going to have their hands full. Now, I do believe they're going to play a lot better than they did last week. And I think they're going to give, you know, Dallas a tougher, you know, time even than the Giants did. But we'll get to that as well, too, with other NFL games, big ones. Of course, you know, they're going to play that game, Tampa. Uh, and the uh, Tampa Bucks and Kansas City, they're going to play it, keeping it Tampa, which I'm thinking like, damn, okay. I mean, they're able to go ahead and play that game there still. Um, but they're going to get it on, and it's going to stay Sunday night. That's a big one. we definitely got to talk about that. This could be the last time you see Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Um, you know, it's amazing. They've already played, I think, like five times already or something like that. Um, and you think about all the battles that, you know, Peyton had and Tom had and, you know, how they would market that. But it's just crazy that he's still in the league and you got the next young crop coming up and Patrick and them. I think Patrick and gets him's already logged at about five or six games, if I'm not mistaken. 1-800-707-9760. So we got some other NFL games we'll get to. Uh, but first, before we dive into a little college, uh, let's start with last night's game in the jungle as week four got started, the National Football League. And uh, you saw the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins travel uh, to take on Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati wins that game. Um, you know, it, you know, to Miami, before we get to the biggest story coming out of that game, um, I think Miami kind of pretty much handled it pretty good in regards to, um, you know, coming off a short week, playing all those games that pretty much that they were going to, you know, playing those, the defense playing that many snaps they did against, uh, you know, Buffalo. I feel that they they handled it pretty good. You know, they kind of had some energy and then, you know, it was kind of back and forth. You know, they allowed Cincinnati to come out with that first drive. And then, you know, unfortunate thing happened. And I touched on it on a little bit on Monday. Uh, you know, I know I got a couple of people say, hey, you called it. You were right. Well, what I kind of said was the fact that I knew after the Buffalo game 
that two of the whole because again first they put it up as an ankle because i was watching that in real time this past sunday and then they kind of said oh well it's back and i said on monday i said look you know this is a short week and i already knew in my opinion just like majority of 80 80 of other people that that was a concussion you know and he stumbled and you know he was cleared i came in here and say hey, i feel like they gave him some of the sauce you know some of that you know pneumonia you know, sell it down and just say, hey, man, you know, I feel all right. Oh, is it your back hurting, your ankle? Oh, okay. So all of a sudden, five days later, he goes out yesterday looking pretty good early on, you know, and then takes a, takes a sack and then gets thrown to the ground. Now, in real time, the, the fling to the ground didn't look as hard to me in real time at first. I, I thought that I've seen guys get slung hard to the ground to that that's caused, you know, head trauma and all that kind of stuff. But when you look at the replay, it was pretty much a flush swing. And, and you know, two is not that big of a guy. Um, but the reality of it is, is that this is a situation that was really, and, and everybody's been saying it because it's the obvious. And, you know, when it comes to protecting the shield, uh, there's nobody that tries to do that better than me. But, you know, of late, when it call a spade a spade, and when they're in the wrong, they're wrong. And the bottom line is this was a horrible, bad look for the NFL last night. And I've been champion, and I was champion last week, just going back to talking about ribs, crack ribs and Justin out in, out in L.A. with the Chargers. He should have never been back in that game against Kansas City. And he should have never pretty much been playing last week and then left in the game. And we're not even talking about something as serious as head trauma. You know, um, Tua had no business being out there. You know, and the thing, too, that a lot of people ain't talking about is he was never really listed as doubtful either, you know, all week. I mean, in the injury report, it was pretty much he was going to play. I mean, even in that line in that game didn't change uh, the betting line. And usually when you have a quarterback, especially a starting quarterback that might be missing a game, there's going to be some line movement. But it was none of that as well. Um, shouldn't have been in. And my whole deal is, you know, the commissioner was in, in, in place last night. He was there. He saw it front and center. But, you know, the whole statement that because I think everybody got to blame. And yes, and even the NFLPA. Because, you know, D. Marie Smith, I've been on his ass for years. If you if you listen to this show for a while, you know that I, it's, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of his because I think he does a lot of grandstanding. And, you know, um, and to me, it's one of those situations to where they can release a statement. You know, both of them, the NFL and the NFLPA. I know they released a statement on Monday like, hey, we're looking into this. We're investigating this and we're blah, 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 this. But it's like if you were really serious, if he was really going to do that, you would have went move heaven and earth to basically make sure he did not play yesterday. But it's like, hey, we're going to investigate it. We know y'all probably lie, but hey, okay. But everybody knew the chances of what would happen. I mean, hell, you had a doctor tweet out like maybe 20, 30 minutes before game time calling this shot, meaning like, hey, if Tua gets hit tonight, there's no way he's supposed to be playing and this would be worse. I mean, no, he. I'm pretty sure he didn't want his prediction to be right, but he was right. This is my thing. So the Players uh, Association, I feel that they're not totally cleaning this. And number two, the NFL, you know, and, you know, on Prime Video last night, you know, and Tony Gonzalez, like, he kind of had me lost last night because I'm like, Tony, man, you from the old school, bro. Like, what are you talking about? We want to speculate and we know the kid. No, man. Like, the time has changed. There's guys on that panel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Richard. There's guys on that panel that's played, just left the game a lot sooner than you. Everybody up there knows that he shouldn't have played 
and that they felt last Sunday against Buffalo that was a concussion. Now, the whole thing about the NFL saying, well, yeah, he did pass all protocol last week. They released a statement. They're not saying, hey, we're going to investigate Miami. This is, they're saying that, hey, yeah, he did pass the test. That don't mean anything to me. Of course they got to say that. The bottom line is that you're supposed to have the, the eye in the sky, the doctors up there pointing like, hey, man, that guy looks kind of crazy. Get him out. Where was he at last Sunday? That, and that's appointed. And those independent, you know, doctors, they're appointed by the NFL. So at the, and they're contracted by the NFL. So what's up with them? And then number two or number three, I just feel like it's, it's a thing of karma, man. Like, you got to understand, like, yes, this was going to be a story anyway, but it was almost like they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar and the football guys punished their ass when they were the only show in town. There was only two teams playing last night. Now, if this happens on a slate of Sunday where you got six or eight games, yeah, it's going to get cut. Like, hey, two, it goes down. But due to the fact that everybody was tuned in for Thursday football, this is what happened with the commissioner in attendance. You know, I posted and tweeted funny like, hey, man, those trainers and doctors got no sleep last night. They got no sleep because at the end of the day, they were all up on the phone conversating to make sure that they got their stories right before people start coming and knocking on the door. You know, the feds started and I was being tongue in cheek. You know, Matthew Gonzalez, I saw, I didn't even comment. I was like, well, we don't need the government involved. And this, I'm like, Matthew, man, come on. It's tongue in cheek. But the main thing I will say there's going to be a big investigation on this. And the only thing I will say is that the NFL needs to hold and make an example out of the Miami Dolphins, just like they made an example off the New Orleans Saints with Bounty Gate and how they made an example out of New England with Spygate. It needs to be put in the same thing because they could sit there because somebody dropped the ball or somebody was told to look the other way. And Richard Sherman said it perfect last night. If you put the twos and two, the one and one plus one plus one equal two, that was a big game last week. That was a division game against Buffalo. You got a young coach, and that's another thing about the young coach. I like him. I mean, I said yesterday the team loves playing for him. But what I'm also experiencing is that you have a lot of young coaches in the NFL right now. Take your pick. They're like getting these jobs. Like normally, you know, we went through like maybe like a 20-year period minimum, maybe a little bit longer. Probably a little bit longer than that, maybe a 25-year period, where you had coaches with experience that might be you had about eight to seven coaches that had experience that might be getting fired at other jobs, but they were getting rehired. What you've seen in the last two or three years in the NFL, you've seen a whole recycle start, meaning that they're looking for young guys, guys that are 41, 40, 42, 38, 37. And what comes with that is guys that are not really ready and handle to be put in a situation because that explanation that that head coach said last night, Daniels, that, that, that looks so like sticking to the script verbatim. No, it was his back last week. No, we said it was not. And I'm never going to put a player in harm's way. And, and again, today he had a press conference. He had to meet with the media today. They threw his young ass out there to fire to the Wolves too. And it, it, it just looks like a guy that's up there to search for answers. That was probably like, hey, everybody had their hand in it, but I need the NFL because this really can't be that long of an uh, investigation, man. He had two concussions in five days. And you can't come off of CTE discussion in the last 18 years, 
the movie concussions, the basically the NFL admitting that they lied in the 70s and 80s when they started getting warned, warned about potential head trauma and, and, you know, concussions. They put it dusted to the side. They've played billions in settlement to other players. You've got visual players now that are in their 50s and 60s that are struggling to live. You can't go through all that and then have an independent doctor on site that you've been in place now for the last three, four years minimum that I can remember. You can't do all that and then have what happened last night happen. I mean, I've told y'all forever, the NFL is bulletproof for the most part. We can bitch and complain about and everything, but the NFL, it's the only sport that can say we're going on strike that'll hit Congress, that they, it'll get everybody involved because, again, it moves this country and even not just entertainment, but economically as well, too. But that last night and what happened last Sunday was part of some big type of. Whether you want to say big or minimal, it was some type of cover up and it was a drop in the ball. Period. And I can only take that by the credibility of the organization and the Dolphins and their ownership and what they're just dragged into in the last year and having to be investigated for. So sad situation. You can react to that if you want to. I'll touch on it a little bit more. We got college to get into. We'll get into that. Then circle back to the NFL. You listen to the sports crime presented by Do, uh, Dosecki's broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett's been the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka, established in 1938. It's handcrafted in Latvia, and the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the Sports Grind, and pick it up at a specs near you. 1-800-707-9760. Oh, Luther. One of the goats. All right. So, yeah, man, it's just it was a scary thing. I, I and Again, you've heard this a thousand times a day already by now. But, yeah, I've never seen anybody's hands do that. And I didn't know what. The, I mean, it kind of like, you know, freaked me out to be like, whoa, you know, what is that? You know, but automatically I knew he had to hit his head. But, you know, and you're not knowing what's going to happen with the stretcher coming out and everything. I mean, that's the second time I've seen him come out on a stretcher. The other one's uh, against Mississippi State. I think that was the team that got his hip, you know, that, that basically almost, you know, ruined his career ended his career then um xavier moreno's checking in on facebook live and he says Tua should be done for the season or at least the next eight games to get a total true evaluation of his neurological system the hit didn't seem that bad but this happened four days apart from previous scary moment yeah xavier i mean well first of all i don't know about the year but i will tell you this um you damn sure won't be seeing him next week and i think really i would look at it to probably I would put it at the minimum, at the minimum, because keep in mind, you know, Xavier, when you say for the year, I mean, technically we're entering week four. So pretty much there's still, what, 13 games left that each team's have to play even after this week. So I would doubt it that unless he's getting, you know, he's going to get an MRI, you know, today, you know, he flew back with the team. Um, they didn't have to keep him overnight, which is a good thing. Um, supposedly he's, I've heard he's supposed to be in good spirits. That's what everybody's reporting. But I still feel that with all that said, depending on what the MRI said, there could be more damage. It could be, you know, hopefully not, but it could be. But regardless, I think at the minimum, you're probably looking at probably three weeks at the minimum. And the reason why is because everybody's got their eyes on it now. And there's a major investigation going on. There was already an investigation going on. Now it just intensified. Now it's intensified. I'm telling you, man, there was people burning the midnight oil last night on the phone. You're talking about big. You're talking about big time money at stake all the way around from lawsuits and everything else. And it has to, you know, and I know since he showed up at Tuscaloosa, I know that his parents have pretty much supported him and been to his games. But part of me has to wonder, was his parents there, which they were there, but were they there based off the fact of even them being worried? of what what in case something happened bad look for the nfl last night man they spent a lot of money and a lot of research to try to prevent this type of stuff because they've gotten caught with their hand in the cookie cookie jar before and i just believe that this is one of those situations to where it goes on so many levels 
and everybody now has to protect everybody's ass, including the NFL. What are they going to say? No, he didn't. We don't know if he passed protocol or not. They said that before last night's game. They've got to stick with that now because they got to cover their ass because they're the ones that appointed the doctor. I've seen so many guys get pointed out of the game in the last couple of years, three years since, since they've implemented this for a lot less than that. Speaking of even last Sunday, going back to last Sunday. Not a good look. And that is an organization, man, that's basically been borderline shady over the last few years. Starting with stuff coming out this past year with Brian Flores and the whole deal. So it, it, do I really need to be guy that's obsessed with Grassy Knoll and Lee Harvey Oswald to really believe the fact that it's not possible that they've got doctors or independent doctors that basically they didn't pay it off already to really have they have the final say so? Richard called it just for what it was, man. This That was a big game last week. And then you get everybody saying you're 3-0, and you're 3-0, you're feeling good. And Tua, just think about what Tua feels compared to last year, where nobody wanted him, the head coach might not have wanted him. Every day you're asking questions, hey, what do you think about them pursuing Deshaun? What do you think about From the fact that they're 3-0, and just beat the heavily favored Super Bowl AFC champions, Super Bowl future champions, supposed to be Buffalo Bills, and they're the top of the AFC East. You don't think he had a little pressure on himself as well to want to start last night to keep the momentum going? Because these guys have grown up. We're in a different direction and generation. All these young guys have seen guys. They've been in college and high school, and they've seen guys lose their job for injury, for missing out, being concussed. So NFL's got a problem right now. A whole can of worms have been opened up last night. What do you got before we move on? What can the NFLPA do to get their stance back around? Because not only was the NFL taking hits last night and the Dolphins taking hits last night, but the, the NFLPA and Mitchell Schwartz, you know, a former offensive lineman for the Chiefs, he tweeted out, uh, retweeted the NFLPA's announcement, player safety, you know, health, health and concern is our core union's you know, mission and everything like that. He, he quote tweeted that, saying, we'll fight like hell to keep quarterbacks who sexually assault women from getting suspended for too long. But when one of the, when one of the good guys has concussive symptoms, returns to, the, returns to the game, doesn't enter concussion protocol, and is allowed to play four days later, we get our investigation is ongoing. What can the NFLPA do to show that the players now that they've got their back? How much pressure, how much heat does DeMarie Smith need to put on the NFL for investigating the Dolphins? Well, again, it goes back to the fact that I think Dean Marie Smith, this is what he lives for when all the cameras and all the mics. Now, all of a sudden, he gets to get trotted out in front of 50, 100 cameras now, pretty much almost for the rest. This is a story that's going to I don't know. I don't know if I want to use the words dominate, but it's going to be up there for some time. OK, I guarantee you it's going to dominate your Sunday, whatever Sunday pregame shows you watch on Sunday. It's going to dominate all of them. And, and, and as the investigation unfolds. It will dominate all of them because where I'm at to answer your question, Jonas, with D. Murray Smith, this is kind of what he what he wants. This is my problem with him. But at the end of the day, he's going to go now to go fight and he's going to fight and say he's going to put pressure. The NFL is going to put pressure back on D. Murray Smith. But the truth of the matter is, I feel and I don't have all the rule books and how the protocol and how the chain of commands works when you have these situations between the NFL PA and the and the teams. I'm not even going to sit here and try to play on radio like I do, but I don't. But I will tell you this, you know, it's a situation where I feel 
like what the what D. Marie Smith said in the NFLPA, what they said a Monday, on Monday, I feel in what we what it was kind of silent until last night happened. That's sliding into first base. It was fake hustle to me. If they really knew, like, yo, man, somebody y'all lie. That ain't no back. That ain't no ankle. He's not playing. It would have been a bigger stink. It would have, they could have, whether you want to go to court for everything else, get junctions and stop this, stop this. It was fake hustle. But all hell broke loose last night in prime time. This is totally, little, not, not totally, but it's a little different. This happens at Sunday at 12 o'clock, at 1 o'clock. This happened this, at the 12, 1 o'clock window games, or if it's at the 3.15, 3.25 window game. No, man, this happened in prime time on prime, Amazon Prime. Period for the whole world to see. Bad look for the shield. 1-800-707-9760. The last thing I will say moving on from that, all I'm saying is they're going to do this investigation. If they do it right, they're going to find out that is something going on and something shady was going on. And I want them to use Miami as example the same way they did the Saints. Because everybody, not everybody, let me take that. There was quite a few other teams for years, even in that, that was doing the same thing that Greg Robinson did. It's been going on. It's 20 grand in the locker room on the floor, man, if he gets hit out. That, I was never shocked when that came out. People, oh my God, how could he be doing that? How could he say, like, um, okay, I've never been in the National Football locker room in my life. And I know, well, take that back. I mean, you know, years ago in Dallas, but for the most part, in that environment. And I will tell you straight up that. I even knew that that was going on. So, but they made an example out of him. Now, people feel like the punishment didn't fit the crime with the Spygate New England. Oh, it's because Robert Kraft. They still made an example out of him. I'm talking about draft picks, and I'm talking about eight-figure fines, but I'm talking about draft picks. I'm talking if this might take two future first-round first picks, maybe three. Because wonder if he got paralyzed last night. Wonder if he can never come from what we saw and, the, and sad because some networks have chose not to show it again, whatever. But that replay, that play is going to be played for years to come. Damn near like the Sabruta film. What if he would have got paralyzed? Now what? That's why you got to send a message. 1-800-707-9760. All right, moving on. Before we circle back to the NFL, uh, let's look at some college. Like I said, it's it's a so-so type of week. Uh, but you got, uh, you know, the Roadrunners, Bird Ups, they're kicking it off tonight. 6.30 our time, I believe. They're going to take on this, their first Conference USA game, Middle Tennessee. I said last week, you know, Middle Tennessee is coming off of upsetting Miami and if you look at the trend in college a lot of these teams that's pulled out big upsets they've lost the following week they've been flat so I think even though this is a road game I think UTSA is catching them at the good time but when you look at this when you look at the teletape UTSA they're averaging about 37 points per game Middle Tennessee is averaging about 33.8 so you know that there should be some offensive going on now to me you know, if you look at Frank Harris, I think on the season already, I mean, throwing, he's got, what, 10 touchdowns already, only to two two uh, interceptions. So he's playing well. I, I, me personally, like I've paid attention a few times, of course, which obvious, because they tell you you got a good running game, it helps even a quarterback more. So even without losing their, their stud running back last year, McCormick, he doesn't look as good to me in my opinion. Even though those are pretty decent stats, 
as what he did on last year's team. Now, this team I don't think is as good as last year's team, uh, but this should be an interesting one. But I anticipate, I mean, with the letdown and the emotional coming to Miami, you know, that game was played in immunity. I think UTSA is in a good spot to start off 1-0 in Conference USA uh, tonight. Also, um, what else do we got going on tonight? I'll tell you one game that did make the foundation on college, and I'll throw it out there. Don't want to really break, go into depth with it. Uh, but that game is tonight. And, you know, we used to have a thing on the show. I used to be have caught slipping alert. You know, when you go in a ranked team and this and that. And the history of college will tell you, you get screwy on Thursdays and Fridays. But you have tonight um, NC State, okay, um, going and taking on – Oh, no, not, not NC State. Excuse me. You have Washington, the Huskies. They're ranked 18th, I believe, in the AP, somewhere up there. They're going to UCLA. They're both undefeated, both at 4-0. Um, I believe, you know, th- you know, playing this game in California in prime time, and, you know, the one thing about Washington is this is their first road game. You know, even when – the old Boise coach was was there with Wash before he got fired. This team has always performed better at home up there in Husky country instead of traveling the road. Um, UCLA, um, I feel like this is a game they're probably going to win tonight. You know, you have a student body. The crowd's going to be jacked up. You know, you're playing it at the Rose Bowl. Is that their way? They're both undefeated. But I think with this being their first road game, I think Washington, I don't know what they're going to look like as a team on the road. But I would say be careful, get caught slipping on Washington because they're undefeated. Everybody's loving them. You know, they beat the crap out of Michigan State, a Big Ten team. So everybody's high on them. But I would say watch out tonight with Chip Kelly and the Bruins. Um, Tomorrow, Texas versus West Virginia. Okay, West Virginia. But shockingly, you know, West Virginia leads this series six to five. You know, did some digging. Um, you know, Texas is two and two. They're zero and one in the Big Twelve with losing to Tech last week. And West Virginia is two and two, and I believe they're zero and one in the Big Twelve. Somebody's going zero and two now. The thing about Texas, this is going to be a challenge, I believe, for Texas's front line. Now, t- Texas is favored by nine points in this game, but if you dive in a little bit closer, um, West Virginia has a defense that can get after you um and this is this is one of those things that if you look at texas line i mean it's a little bit shaky it's a little bit shaky you know also you have defensive tackle um i think it's jordan jefferson you know with with them coming in you know i feel that west virginia can hang tight um you know cj donaldson is 240 pounds freshman has three one three 100-yard games already for West Virginia. And we've only played, they've only played four. That's impressive. How does Texas defense handle their run game? I think this game might be closer than what the experts think. Didn't make the foundation picks. I'm not touching it because really, I don't know. Texas, I'm not going to go unfair and say, I don't know what Texas team is going to show up, but I know I ain't seen that Texas team that played Alabama. I ain't seen them. I didn't see them against UTSA. And we know we didn't see them against Texas Tech. All right. Texas Tech, the team that Texas lost to, Austin, y'all can hear me. Texas Tech is a seven and a half point underdog against Kansas State this weekend. That's why it's amazing to me that Texas, I know they're at home in Austin, but it's amazing to me that they're getting nine with Western Virginia. Now, what's the update on yours? I mean, is he, I mean, what's the status on him? I mean, when is he going to come back? When is, when is he coming back? I know Bartlett probably know. I mean, he bleeds burn on. I know he's probably, you know, Bartlett, have you heard anything? 
Uh, from my understanding, I know I, I, he's not necessarily like day to day, but I, I'm assuming it's probably just more of them airing on the side of caution. But I mean, maybe they might try to run him out this week. I know he's been traveling with the team, but I think that's just more of like emergency. Uh, I would say maybe next week for sure, but it I'll just say it wouldn't surprise me if they run him out this week. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it's, you know, of course his deep ball is a lot better than other kids. I mean, that's obvious. You know, I mean, he was recruited by Ohio State for a reason. He just, you know, didn't beat out the guys that were a little bit better than him when he showed up, you know, Texas State legend and all that, won some state championships here. Um, but I, you know, they probably are probably Bartlett's right. They probably are proceeding with caution with him, but I just feel like this is a game that don't be surprised if it takes the fourth quarter for Texas to pull away. And I'm also eager under Sark in his second year. How does this team respond from a loss? That'll let you know when you're talking about is Texas on their way back or not? You know, how do they come? How do they respond off a loss? It's easy to get a team up when you have, 90 days, 120 days to prepare for them. And they got an elephant as a mascot. It's easy to get up for that. You don't have to say no speech, no nothing. But it's the team you're supposed to be. And then how do you respond against a team that you're a nine-point favorite in West Virginia? 1-800-707-9760. Also, the other game, Texas. Texas A&M, okay, at Mississippi State. Texas is 3-1. and one. They're one and zero in the SEC. Mississippi State is three and one and one and one. Um, this is old Mike Leach, the Pirate. Guys, really, and you know what? Honestly, never met him, but you know, I think Mike is like like that's not even like a character. Like Mike's really crazy like that. Like I really think he's really that guy. You know, he's just weird. He, I mean, I don't think he's fronting for the cameras or trying to you know create some character. That's just really Leach. You know, you stick kids in a shed doing practice. You got to be a little bit off. Sorry, loving. It's part of your history. But keep going. Look, I haven't seen everybody. I've only paid attention to Mississippi State here and there in games, but I will tell you, talk on the street. They could have the best three or four receiving core in the country. Talented. We all know Mike Leach has teams that's going to put up points. Okay. Um, you know, if you look at it, you know, Will Rogers, they're the quarterback from Mississippi State. He leads the SEC in passing yards. 340.65 per game that he's averaging. Okay, last game, he threw six TDs. He's coming off two games consecutive that he's thrown six touchdowns. The reason why I bring this up, because part of AM's strength is their defense and their secondary. But I don't know yet if they played a quarterback pretty much like this and an offense the type that Leach basically plays as well, too. Okay, now keep in mind, last year, he threw for 408 yards last year and had three touchdowns last year in College Station. They won the game. That's why tomorrow is going to be very interesting because one of the hardest things to do in college football is win an SEC game on the road. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. 1-800-707-9760. You'll listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back.